support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Chris Carl Photography Podcast. that I always try and start these so that everyone coming into it has the same sort of platform to work from is that we know how you found photography and what your history with photography is. Well, I've been shooting, I was shooting mainly digital at first. Uh, I've been shooting for about 10 or so years now. I didn't really get into film, which is now my main way to shoot uh, photography. Um, That was about five, six years ago, something like that. And I never really pursued it professionally. I mean, every, I think everybody that gets into photography at one point, it shoots weddings and things like that. And I, I still do that on the side. Um, but I found out my dad had cancer three years ago. And when I found out he had cancer, what really helped me was just getting away from everything, grabbing my camera, putting in my headphones and, and going for a walk. So I've used it in the last three or four years now as like an outlet to uh, right. not only express myself and be creative, uh, but just to take some time for me because I work, I go to school full time and it's nice to have that alone time to, you know, create and make something. So why the transition then to film? I think it was just kind of a, a natural uh, progression. I, I like film a lot because I like older things and I feel like I can tinker with it more. And um, I like cameras that don't have light meters and, and things that are mechanical. Um and with film, you get such a, uh, I don't know. It's just a, it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but I get a feeling when I shoot film that I don't, when I get digital, um, I like the constraint. I like to shoot a lot of medium format and that's pretty much like my main thing. Now, um, I just bought a Fuji, uh, GW 690 and I only get eight frames per roll. Um, I really like that, that I had to make every shot count, um, Everything that I do, I do it with a purpose. Um, not that I have a flow or anything like that. Um, I like the look. Um, I like getting my negatives back and looking at them and things like that. And and also, I think the main thing that's pushed me towards film is mainly the community. Um, wedding photography, street photography, there's all these little communities. And I find that film photography is the most welcoming. Um, and that's the, there's nobody trying to hide their trade secrets and stuff like that. When it's talking about using different film stocks or different cameras yeah. and things like that. I think everybody's just excited that we're, to have the same medium and we like shooting film. Yeah. I have to say, um, I'm only sort of short term into it. Um, but I'm definitely seeing the same thing. I mean, weddings, there's, I'm, I'm obviously talking from uh, more of a, a UK perspective here, but there really isn't all that much of a, a community whatsoever. Like I've reached out to people from the wedding industry about doing the podcast or maybe just 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 having a chat about weddings in general and they they're almost immediately suspicious and like you're trying to hijack something um whereas the film community when i've reached out because i'm completely ignorant on the on the subject i've reached out to people and asked them um you know what about this how do i do that where can i find resources for this everyone's come forward and then they've actually followed up before i've had the chance to and said like oh and also by the way you should check out this thing or check out this guy and yeah it's, it's definitely a really nice community one thing that i'm a little bit sort of, I guess, still trying to figure out is the resurgence. Why has there been such a resurgence in the last, I guess, maybe five years? I think that, um, like anything, the old becomes new again. Um, you know, in the, in the nineties, I was born in 85. Um, so that gives you kind of my age. Uh, (laughs) but you know, in, in the nineties, eighties music wasn't that cool. 
And now 80s music has yeah. become cool again. Um, and the 90s, 70s music was cool. And I think it's just that what is old becomes new again um, type thing. And I think that has a lot to do with the resurgence. Also, kids now that are 18, 19 years old, 20 that are shooting film, um, they didn't grow up in a household that shot film. You know, my, my first camera was a, a film camera that my parents yeah. bought me. Um, so I already kind of knew the medium. And then that wasn't new and shiny anymore. So everybody switched to digital because that was the new latest and greatest thing. And I think some of us are trying to hold on to that simplicity of shooting film. Right. So let's talk about cameras then. You, you've already mentioned one, but what's in your current sort of setup for film shooting? Uh, I have probably the worst case of gas gear acquisition syndrome <laughs> uh, of anybody. Um, right now, I probably have 15 cameras. Uh, but my main go-tos are uh, an RB67, a Mamiya C330, a Yashica 365. Um, I just got the Fuji. Um, my favorite camera of all time is the Olympics XA2. Um, so I have quite a few and they come they come and they go. Um, I'm leaning now towards more TLR cameras. I'm finding that's my my sweet spot and that's what I really, really love. Um so I'm, I'm probably going to pick up a couple more of those because um, I, I just love I love shooting them. I, they just there's just something about them that that makes me feel happy whenever I take them out. How do you decide between them? Obviously, with so many, what what so, scenes get what cameras? So what I did was I bought the cheapest version. Not, I wouldn't say cheapest. I bought a decent camera in every style of camera. So. Before I decided I want to buy a Leica, I don't own a Leica, um, but before I was going to decide if I was going to buy a Leica, I bought a, a Canon 7 and tried that right. out. Figured I didn't like it. So then I'm like, okay, well, Leica's not for me. Um, I just shot a zine with static age zines um, and I stuck to one street that I live on and I bought a Yashica 365 to use it for. And as I use one camera, this TLR, and I use only Portra 400 to shoot my one street. And when I was done with it, I said, well, I really like this. So then I upgraded to the Mamiya uh, 330. So I've just kind of been going through them, buying like that. And then I'm trying to find like an heirloom style camera. Now that I like TLRs, I might invest in getting like a, a Roliflex 2.8 or something that I can have for a really long time. Uh, right. But I just didn't want to invest that kind of money until I knew this is a style of camera that I would enjoy for a long time. When it comes to like... Uh, picking between sort of 35 millimeter or medium format. I mean, you've already mentioned that medium format is probably your primary, your primary focus, but um, are there scenes that more suit going to 35 millimeter for you in the way that you shoot them or perhaps in the way that they come out on film? Uh, not so much um, like a scene. Um, Cause I don't really have, I don't set off to um, shoot a particular anything. I just kind of ride around my neighborhood where I live at anything that catches my eye. I shoot, I shoot a lot of things that are mundane, um, that you would normally pass by. That's kind of my, my style that I have. Um, but like, for instance, it was my mom's birthday the other weekend. So I brought a Canon a one with me because it has 36 frames. Um, and that's a better job than bringing out my Mamiya that gets like 12 photos. Right. Cause, cause I'll be going through rolls quickly. Um, so I think 35 millimeter has this place for things like that. Weddings, events, um, if I'm going to shoot a wedding, I normally carry, uh, my Nikon D750, which is my digital camera. And I carry a Nikon N80, which is my film camera. And I can carry both of them. They take the same lenses, um, and right. things like that. 
So I think everything has its purpose. Um, but as for me shooting, I don't have a, a particular goal in mind when I go out. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about when you head out. Um, do you sort of pre-visualize the idea of what you want to go and find and then you go out and you sort of seek it down and you patiently wait for it? Or is it something where you are... Um, I mean, okay. So first of all, do you camp or are you someone that moves around? Do you hunt? Yeah, I, I hunt a lot. So I normally go, um, I live in Chesapeake, Virginia, which is like a suburb of two bigger cities, Norfolk and Virginia beach. Um, so lately I've found that I don't need to drive far away to get photos that I like. So I've been sticking more where I live at. And what I'm finding is that I've been passing by these buildings for 30 years and just never took the time to really look at them. And I mean, if, if you look at my photography, I don't think it's particularly good or interesting uh, just because I see it every day. Right. Um, yeah. But I'm kind of, but I just like shooting and I, and it gets me out of the house. And if I see something that might catch my eye, then I stop and pull over and, and do that. Or if I'm going for a walk, I'll just bring my camera along with me and park somewhere and kind of walk, walk the neighborhood. Okay. Uh, what is it that's catching your eye? What's the, what's the thing that, is there something that catches your eye too often? And you're kind of like, I can't keep shooting that. I've got to move on. Yeah. I'm kind of, I've kind of like gained a name for myself for shooting corners of buildings and I've <laughs> right. kind of just embraced it because every role that I would shoot for like the last two years, there'd always be a corner on it. And then I'd put it on Instagram and somebody's like, Oh, here's another corner from Jason. Uh, so I'm like, well, you know what? Like, I'm just kind of embrace that now. And I like, I like lines. I like shooting midday. Um, so, cause I like shooting at, at, I use sunny 16 cause a lot of my cameras don't have light meters. Um, so F 16, 500 a second. And I like that everything's in focus and I like architecture and line works and stuff. And I think that for me personally, um, I'm, I don't know if you have a cap and D's over there in, in the UK, but Captain D's is like kind of a, a crappy seafood restaurant. It's like a fast okay, food we, restaurant. We don't, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but my idea is like, if I can make the Captain D's look good, right. then of course I can make anything look good. So if I can make something mundane, beautiful again, um, I shouldn't have a problem later on if I want to really pursue this and make something out of it. Cause I, I'm just under there. There's no knock to landscape photographers or anything like that. They're, the work is gorgeous. Um, but I don't have that here where I live at, uh, without traveling. So I feel like I'm trying to make my mundane suburbs, beautiful landscapes, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, it's one of those things I think that, um, gets lost in the mix a little bit is the, the ability to make something that people maybe walk past and don't pay attention to, but to pick out one detail of it and draw out draw out some kind of beauty from that. Um, as someone that photographs models, I think that far too much appreciation is given to people that photograph attractive people because it's pretty much the easiest thing in the world. Um, it's, it's harder to make an attractive person look unattractive than it is to make them look attractive. Whereas if, like you say, if you can pull a, a seafood restaurant and make it look attractive, then that's definitely doing something. Um, what are you using in terms of film? I, I use a lot of, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kodak portrait 400. And I know that sounds like, I'm sure that's going to be everybody's saying. Um, but I think, and I've said this on a couple of podcasts and I say it all the time and I could be wrong. I think that portrait 400 looks better when you shoot it at 200 than portrait 160. And I think portrait 400 looks better at 800 than portrait 800. So I like to have one okay. film stock that I could rate at different speeds and just keep using the same, uh, 
film for it. So I don't have to bring a whole bunch of films with me. I just bring one film and then meter it for the time of day and the scene that I'm shooting. Right. Well, you don't shoot a ton of black and white from what I can tell from your feed. So um, what, what is it that you're not a fan of when it comes to black and white? I think, well, I go through a phase um, and I think it has to do with um, like when I found out my dad had cancer, I found myself shooting a lot of black and white because I was kind of, I was sad, you know, and I think that played into the stuff I was shooting and it was more depressing looking. Um, now I'm trying to force myself to be happier and I think color makes me happier. Um, so I, that's, that's what I've been gravitating towards. Um, okay. I'm trying to change my mood, my mood with the art that I'm making, if that makes sense. No, it's just a pretty admirable thing to do. I think um, a lot of people spend their time when it comes to doing something artistic or creative, just worrying about getting as good a feedback and, and as high a volume of feedback as possible. And actually, it should be something that you're doing for yourself and to make yourself happier. So I think that's a pretty admirable thing to say. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. I've I had another Instagram account that I deleted in November. And for some reason, it got to having like 15,000 followers or something like that. So I deleted it to start over again. And now it's like growing back. And I don't really understand other than I'm, I'm a pretty nice guy. I mean, I, I talk to everybody, but some, for some reason people like my work and I, I really appreciate it. I just don't see, I don't see it in my own stuff, but I think there's something there if, if people are telling me that. Um, but I never want to be uh, egotistical or you, you, I think once you, once you go about looking at your work in a way where you're like, I perfected this, then you're never going to grow anymore. Um, So I want to, I want to continue to grow and be hard on myself so I can try to be better in the future. There's something I've seen since uh, basically at the end of last year, which feels like about four years ago at this point. um, But the end of last year, I decided I wanted to go onto this like personal project and do some street photography and some architectural stuff, stuff that I really don't touch in my job or day to day and just kind of learn as much as I can from that. And I found that that community, as well as sort of in sort of the same way as the film community, are very hungry for new work but they're very humble everyone's very um out sort of um outgoing when it comes to compliments and 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 feedback and stuff and i've come from the like portrait fashion side of things where right. it's it's a slightly different um setup you, you generally find that the majority of your positive comments are people that are leching over the subject of your photo and the rest of the comments are either only um directed at either the photographer or the model or they are just outright negative comments I mean, it's a pretty, it can be a fairly vicious um, thing to be around. And I see now this new community that I've, I'm, I'm in no way like good enough to contribute to, but definitely to look at and to admire the work. And I'm just amazed by how supportive everybody is. Um, sticking with film really quickly, though, do you do your own developing? No, actually, I, I send it all off um, to a lab. Um, I live in a condo and we're selling this condo that I'm in now. It's kind of a smaller spot. It's two bedroom. Um but we're selling this and we're moving into a bigger, like four or five bedroom house. Um, and then once I move there, then I'll be able to have my own hall office and I'll start developing then. Um, Cause I never wanted to do it unless I could really do it right. Um, and I don't have room for a scanner. Um, I know you can do it with DSLR and, and uh, macro lens and stuff, but I want to do it right and have a printer and a setup like that. Um, so I'm kind of waiting and saving up my money. So when I do move, I can set it up and in a way that I can do it justice. And then I don't feel like 
I, it's such a time sink. And then sadly, my dad, he passed away in, in March. Um, so that's kind of freed up some of my times because I don't have to, uh, you know, go down there all the time. He was in Carolina. Um, so now I have a little more free time and I'll graduate from college next April. I'll get my master's degree. Um, and then I feel then I could really do it justice and take the time because I don't want to just be rushing shoot a roll and come home, rush through it and stuff. I, I think some of the fun is you send it off. I got to wait a week to see if, if I even right. turned out right. And I, I kind of do like that. Yeah. I was actually talking yesterday to a, a film retailer in England. And I was saying that one of the things that I've discovered since starting is just how much the um, delayed gratification is actually so much more enjoyable than that constant right. feedback of looking at the back of your camera. Um when it comes to the way that you shoot, what do you think that your worst habit is um, when you're actually out photographing? Um, my worst habit is something that I, I recently broke. I I used to shoot, well, I was buying a bunch of cheaper cameras um, and not really investing into it. And I would have a bunch of cheap cameras and stuff, but I would use that as an excuse to why my photos weren't as good as I wanted them to be. And I'm like, well, like the camera's just not, I, I paid $20, $5 for the camera. So of course it's not going to be that great. Um, so I quit making excuses for myself and um, trying to take things a little bit more serious. When I, I never shot a zine or anything like that. So when I shot this zine um, for static age, it's coming out next month. I like really tried to stick to a project. And I, that taught me so much that, not only should I take, I got to start thinking about, well, if I'm gonna take a picture that's wide, I need to get in closer and get some detail shots as well. And I'm starting to apply that thought process moving forward where it's, it's okay to just do things good enough if you're having a good time. Um, but you can have a good time and actually try to, I, I thought there was like some kind of compromise being made. Well, like if I'm trying, it's going to become work and it works not fun. So I'm not going to have fun. Right. So I'm trying to like take it a little more serious and I'm finding out that I can take it more seriously and I can also have fun at the same time. Well, you mentioned earlier about um, your zine and for those yes. that are out of the know, what is a zine? Yeah. So zines is a, is a punk thing. Um, I, I don't know the exact history, but I think it was either London or New York back in the day. They were, these punk groups were making magazines to have their own publications um, and then now photographers have kind of taken it and made it their own thing too. So it's just a, it's like a small photo book of a collection of images that typically have a, uh, a certain theme or most of them have a, a the, some of the good ones have a theme. Um, so like I said earlier, my, my theme is just same cheap little camera, same film shot on one street. Um, and I think it's, a, I think it has like 60 something photos in it. So it's kind of like an editorial in a sense. It's, it's, yes, yeah. It's like a photo essay. Right. Yeah. It's like a photo essay or a little portfolio. Um, is the sky's the limit. You can put as much time and money into it as you want, or you could do something that's cheaply made and you can do it at your house. And is that something that you use as like a, a challenge to yourself to push things forward or to get something out of your system? Yeah, you can. Uh, I've uh, started making some kind of in the same vein as, uh, static age p he's in london as well um i started helping a couple people and i put together about five or six zines for other people in the last like two or three weeks um and for everybody had a different perspective on it some people wanted to do it just so they could hold something in their hand that they created um others just didn't have the time to put one together so they asked me to help and i was glad to help um 
and other people wanted a, a portfolio piece that they could show to a client. Um, so there's several routes that you could do it. Um, but it, ultimately it's like anything, it's just up to the photographer, what they want to get out of it. You're obviously talking about your master's degree and, and the, the family things that you've been um, working on and, and now selling where you're living and so on. You're, you're obviously incredibly busy. Um, how do you, um, stay interested in photography, I guess, when your mind has got so many other things to deal with? I, I find it to be a nice break. I was, uh, I was in the military for eight years. Um, I got out of the military when I found out my dad had cancer and then I went back to school. I got my bachelor's and I'm working on my, my master's degree. Um, and I find it to be just a kind of like a breath of fresh air. It's if I don't, I have the type of personality that if I continue to work, I'll work until it's time to go to bed. That's just the, the type of person I am. Um, so having an outlet, whether it be on Instagram, um, helping to run our little community on there or whether it's taking pictures, it's a nice outlet to get away and take some time for myself. I mean, you photograph a lot of architecture and you're in a, it's very strange because I'm, I'm very much obsessed with American architecture and American landscapes. When you're from England and nothing's really um, allowed to be aged at all before it gets renovated and because we haven't got the space. Um, I find America absolutely fascinating. Um, is there anywhere that you really want to go and photograph that you haven't had the opportunity to yet? Uh, see, that's like, that's one of my biggest regrets. Um, I wasn't that heavy into photography when I was in the Navy, but I've been to, oh my gosh, like 17, 18 countries. I've been to Australia, South Korea, Japan, Malaysia, India, Dubai. I've been, I've been all over the world because I've, I've deployed a bunch. Um, and I never thought to bring anything with me other than like a point and shoot. Um, so I, I wish I had brought it. Yeah, I was into film back then, or at least like good digital photography. Um, but there's, I would love to go back to Hong Kong. That's, that's out of all the places I've been in the world, Hong Kong is by far my favorite. It's the only place that I could see myself living in outside of the United States. Really? Yeah. I love it. How come? I think it's a, it's, it's comfortable. It has a comfortable feeling because most people speak English. So you feel welcomed. The people are extremely friendly, but then again, it's totally different from America. And when I would go over, like I went to Australia, we went to Perth. Um, Australia is the beautiful people. It was a beautiful place, but it just felt too much like home because it was, it felt Americanized. And I feel like if I went to, to England or somewhere like that, I would feel this. It's kind of the same. We're just kind of different. But I think Hong Kong is so different, but also kind of the same. It's just a it's a nice feeling. Well, if you'd like to come and live in England, I can give you some places that are very far off of being Americanized and would definitely <laughs> give you the impression of maybe uh, not having those luxuries. <laughs> right. Not, so I think something that people are going to take away from this, I'm, I'm definitely getting the vibe and you've kind of brought it up is you're a very positive person. You have a very positive outlook and, and that's always such a, such a wonderful thing to be around. Um, so I hate to be the, the, you know, the pessimistic British guy to come and bring this down, but I'm always fascinated yeah. by pulling on certain things with people. What do you think is the like, okay. So to you, what's your most hated photo cliche that people do? Oh, I think my, my biggest one now, and it's become way more popular is making digital photos look like film. Yeah. And that, the, the editing style is fine. Like, I don't mind that. Like if you want to use presets on your, your portraits and stuff like I, I use the Maston labs Kodak presets on my portraiture work, digital photo work, 
So there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think that. But like when they add the little borders to make it look like film, I see that so much because I don't know if you know, I run or I help run with some friends restore from backup on yep. Instagram. So we see a lot of photos and sometimes they catch me. I got to look at it a second, like a second time, like this looks digital, but it has the film borders. Um, so that's my most hated thing. I just wish people would shoot film. Yeah. Or, or just accept that you're shooting digital and don't try and, and dress it up as something else. I mean, I, I have exactly. to say uh, the, the conversation I had yesterday was, was about, some of it was about the borders. I think the borders are um, hilarious. My favorite is when they get the, um, the black and white border and they put it on a color image or vice versa. And they're just not even yes. checking what they're doing. I absolutely love that. Um, I, I do know you from restore from backup. That's actually how I found you. Um, as I started okay. following restore from backup quite a while ago with one of my other accounts and went down a rabbit hole. And that's led to like probably 200 photographers. I think I've ended up following as a result. Um, I actually wanted to ask you about this, the, the importance of, of pages like restore from backup, these sort of co-curated collages of multiple artists work. What's, what's the importance of that? I think so. I, I do my best. It might seem samey as the other ones, but I really try to be different from the other ones. Um, and instead of just sharing photos and stuff like that, I've really tried to make this as much of a community as possible. And on Instagram it's kind of hard. Um, but we have a Facebook group, that has about a thousand members in it and it's active every day. That feels more like a community than our Instagram account. There's far less people, but I mean, people are posting and they're asking questions and people are getting help they need. Um, and then I have, we have a Twitter account. We have a subreddit. Um, we have a website now uh, with featuring photographers of the month and things like that and doing like little interviews. Um, but I, I wanted it to be more than just sharing photos. Cause anybody, I mean, anybody can do that really. Um, and I've always looked at these other ones as they're just kind of half-assing it, excuse my French, um, because they're just, they're, they're not really trying. So I, I try to be as vocal as possible to try to help as many people as possible. And in return, it helps me too, because I don't have any photographer friends that I know personally or that live around me. So by reaching out and talking to people, it's helping me as well, because now I, I'm learning more. Maybe I can help them. Uh, yesterday, I did a little live stream um, on our account when I bought the Fuji because somebody asked me how big it was. So I brought out my Mamiya uh, RB67 and I like showed the size difference. And I was talking about the cameras that I have and things like that. Um, and one person said they got something out of it. So as long as one person gets something out of it, that I did my job for the day, I feel. And um, giving something back to the community that I love. Um, whether it's through, I fixed a, um, somebody was given away an Olympus OM10 that didn't work. I took it apart, cleaned it, CLA'd it, put it back together. And then I gave it away to somebody whose camera was broken, um, okay. to help them out. So I like, I, I think that there's so much we can do to help each other as a community that it doesn't have to stop at just sharing photos. Um, it it could be a lot more if we just kind of put in a little more effort. A hundred percent. I think that's pretty much the embodiment of the film community right there is, is that yeah. kind of sense of not charity, but camaraderie and trying to help each other out and not afraid to ask for help as much as to, to give it. As far as Instagram goes, has it led you to find lots of photographers that you're now huge followers of? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've met some people that I would call my real friends, like real life friends through Instagram. Um, Zach and Han who run uh, restore from backup with me. 
we talk every day. Um, we know about each other's personal lives. We're asking how our significant others are doing and things like that. It's just not about photos anymore for us. We three, three have become friends and it's like that with a lot of people that I've, I've met through there. Um, I think, I think some people are scared to strike up a conversation. So I feel like it's my purpose to do that for them, whether they like it or not. And uh, just kind of, you know, guide people and just start chatting. And people, I share a photo and somebody says, thank you. Um, I'll ask, you know, how's your day going? Or so I'll add a little something to it. And maybe we can strike up a conversation. Who knows later on down the road, me and them could be friends. Yeah, hundred percent. I actually had um, a photographer whose work I came across through a like a curated account about two weeks ago. So I gave him a follow, and I was looking at his work every day. He's posting, and I absolutely loved the work. And I send him a message and say, "Look, I'm I'm in love with your work. You got to come on the podcast. Your work's incredible." And he he came back and he was like, "Well, I don't have much of a following," and and I was like, "Look, I, like that's not." How, how on earth could right. that possibly factor in? Like, I, I don't know who has the biggest following, but I imagine it's probably one of the Kardashians. And I couldn't think of someone I'd want to talk to less. So it has nothing to do with that. And everything to do with talking to people whose work I love and right. and want to share. And um, and he started talking about some of the stuff that's going on in his private life. And we had this really long, deep conversation. And that side of it is just, it's really nice that I think sometimes people, not just in terms of like, photography communities but i think in general people struggle with actually talking to other people about what's going on with them because it's almost been like this social media way has been trained onto people where they have to constantly show everything as being the best thing and every every part of their life is going wonderfully and um, right. yeah i think it's it's nice to have people that can kind of see beyond that and and want to want to reach out um as far as your favorite photographers who who are you always looking out for hmm i don't i don't know if i have I have one. Um, <laughs> every everybody that submits their photos to restore from backup is my favorite photographer. Is that a good there one? You go. Can I get can I get out of the question with that? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I know that's so fine. many. I know so many people. Uh, there's like uh, Kodak Nick and Zach Parks and Han Fon. Um, Clouds of Disillusion. You had him on the Snyder. You had him on his pod, your podcast. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's such a ton. I know Jason Chambers, he's a photographer from Atlanta, Georgia. Everything that he posts is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, I'm a big fan of his work. I like, I also like people's work that is the complete opposite of mine. Right. I'm drawn to that. Yeah. I like, like how you like American culture. I like a lot of landscapes and stuff like that. That's why I share a lot of landscapes. Cause I just don't have that here and it's foreign to me. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really attracted to that. It's also good as well when you're putting together ideas and you're you're putting together inspiration for yourself to have stuff that doesn't directly speak to what you're trying to do right. because then you don't end up kind of subconsciously mimicking everything that you see and all you end up is becoming like a, an amalgamation of all of those influences by having outside influences it might actually bring something new into your work that someone else hasn't thought of um is there any any genres that you haven't really attempted that you'd like to give a go given the opportunity yeah, I, I would 100% love to get into like nature photography and bird photography. That That's how I see myself as an older gentleman is <laughs> being a nature photographer. I was at the park. This has probably been this has been a good while. It's probably been two years ago, something like that. I, there's a local park that has a pond in the middle. Um, I was going for a morning walk before work. It was probably 430 in the morning, something like that. Kind of still dark out. And I met a guy, he was like in his eighties and he was talking to me 
about he's like, oh, I saw my camera, my Nikon camera. So we had had chat and uh, he's retired now. So what he does is he just sits out here on Sundays and Mondays and takes pictures of birds. And I'm like, this is the most relaxing thing I could think of. I, I would just yeah. absolutely love to be a part of that. I just it's peaceful. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, one of the things I think's become underappreciated by the digitalization of photography is is enjoying the process of taking the picture, not right. the process of the picture being taken and how quickly you can get it online for people to pay attention to. It's actually just enjoying the time that you spend taking photos. I, every year I try to take sort of two to three days to go to um, a place not far from here. We don't have much wildlife in England. It's not that exciting, uh, but we do have deer. And I try and go on like a little bit of a walk. I got married at um, a Royal Park that's called Richmond Park. And I try and go sort of for two days at least a year and photograph the deer there right around the time that my anniversary is. I just find it really nice. And because my main job is around so many people, I actually really like not being around uh, people and having that break, you know. Um, we've talked about your, your, I don't want to cause any problems here for yourself or, oh, no. or anyone no. else, but we've talked about your problems with gear acquisition. Is there any yeah. cameras that you've, you've got your eye on that you would absolutely love to pick up if given the opportunity? Yeah, I think I've, well, I've had my eye on a 500 CM for quite a while now. I think what's going to happen is I'm just going to keep putting it off and putting it off until I finally buy one. Um, and I've been, I've been trying to buy so what this is my process. I'll have like fifteen hundred dollars to say as a budget where I could buy one. Um, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just get this Fuji instead because I won't spend but like four hundred dollars. And I'll make excuses. I'm like, well, now I don't have enough money for it, so I can't get it. Yeah. Uh so and I I'm like, it's almost time for me to upgrade from my D750. Um, and that's gonna be a, a huge investment to go mirrorless. And I'm thinking about switching to Canon, which is gonna cost me like you know, five, $6,000. So I can't really, this is films, my hobby and I don't make any money from it. So it's, it's kind of hard for me to justify spending $2,000 on a camera. That's just going to get thrown in the side of my car when taking photos when my <laughs> Yashica 365 does the job for a hundred bucks. Yeah, no, I, I've been fortunate enough to have uh, a good friend lend me his 500 CM for sort of the foreseeable future. And I, it took me a couple couple weeks just to get over the actual viewfinder. It's such a stunning viewfinder, um, oh. and using the uh, the 150 mil um, f4 is just it's it's such a beautiful. I use it for portraits, so probably not exciting for you. I'm sure you'd want a different lens, but it's it's a pretty crazy lens. Yeah, I, when I bought my Mamiya C330, it has the 80 millimeter blue dot lens, and it came with a 180 millimeter f4. So every now the COVID's going around. All my weddings and stuff have been pushed back. But I, I plan on shooting portraits with Mamma Mia to see how they turn out with that 80 millimeter, 180 millimeter lens. I'm sure that'd be pretty nice. Well, the compression mix with the depth of field on medium format is unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's cool. I think uh, it's funny here in the States, if somebody shoots weddings with uh, film, they'll be like, oh, this is fine art. And I'm like, I don't know if it's fine art or not, you know, just because it's on <laughs> film. Uh, but some girl, some uh, some lady and her husband, they wanted family photos done. And then they're like, oh, we know that you shoot film. Can you do them and find art? And I'm like, oh, I guess we could, like we can try to like get you like a gown and we'll take you to the church and make everything nice. And, like that. and they're like, no, 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 no. We just want to go to the park like last time, but just shoot them on film instead of digital. All right. That's I'm thinking, weird. I'm, thinking, I'm like, oh, that's, that's not really fine art, but okay. If that's what you, if you want, you know, that's fine. 
That's a, that's a really strange expression. Um, yeah. All right. So I, I think like there's going to be an abundance of people now, hopefully that are rushing over to your, um, your page and definitely need to go and follow restore from backup as well. Um, because it's a great way to just have a constant stream of amazing photography in your Instagram and that's what photographers should be using Instagram for. For those that haven't shot film before, who've grown up in the digital era, what advice would you give them if they are thinking about jumping over to film and giving it a try? I think the biggest thing is don't worry about what kind of camera that you're going to buy. I think pick something in a style that you think that you would like to enjoy and buy a camera based off that. If you're looking for like an SLR, there's some absolutely solid picks, the K1000, the Olympus OM10, the Nikon FE, all less than $500. If you're looking for a TLR, you don't have to buy a Rolly Flex. You can get uh, uh, Mamiya, Mamiya Matt, uh, not Mamiya Matt, uh, Minolta Matt or Yashika D. And all these cameras can be had for $100 or $200 that get you pretty much the images that you're looking for. So don't worry about spending a whole lot of money on a camera. Worry about taking the photos and then find a camera that you think you'll enjoy. Yeah, 100%. I have to say it's been wonderful to talk to you. You're such a, a positive person, and and well, I'm I'm a pessimistic British guy with a bad attitude. You're a, you're a wonderfully positive guy with a really beautiful radio voice. So, oh, thank you. What I do want to know uh, before we go, and we have to do this with every episode because it's entirely the point, is where can everyone go to find your amazing images? Oh, I am uh, Jaser J A S E R dot Hunter on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at on Restore from Backup on Instagram. Uh, Restore from Backup has a website, restorefrombackup.org. Um, that'll kind of give you the gist and and show you where you can find everybody. Um, Zach and Han and uh, Nat, she runs our Twitter account. Um, if some of the, the photographers that have already been on your podcast or have been uh, featured on there and we have interviews with their work, if you'd like to see more of that. Um, and that's, that's basically it. If you're, if you're looking for some mediocre photos from a nice guy, uh, you're in, you're Ridiculous. in the right place. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd have to completely disagree with the mediocre part. I think your photos are fantastic and it's very rare that maybe from the, from the sort of part of the photographic world that I come from in terms of, um, ego going with ability. It's nice to have a chat with someone that's, that's obviously so talented, but such a positive and wonderful guy. And, um, I really do appreciate you taking the time. You got you, you. I'll tell you before we go, I'll tell you this. Um, and this is I've learned this over many years. My dad passed away on March 17th. On March 20th, I lost my job. So I lost my dad and my job within the span of two days. And there's nothing about it you could do. So no matter how hard your life is, what comes your way, there's always somebody that loves you. There's always something to look forward to and there's always a reason to be positive and that's what keeps you going you just got to find the positivity in life and it'll it'll find you too